Okay. <laughs> That's my story and I'm sticking to it. How many times have you heard this or said it yourself? Sometimes it's said about something truthful and sometimes when we aren't certain of the truth, it's said we're, when we aren't certain of the truth or the story that we're telling, or maybe we know it's the truth, but that others are not likely to believe it. Writer Thomas King says that the truth about stories is that that's all we are. In his book of the same title, The Truth About Stories, he tells a story about his father's abandonment. He says at the end of the story that the only people who have any interest in that story are he and his brother. He suggests that stories can control our lives, that unless we move past the stories, we're chained to them for the whole of our lives. And writer Richard Wagamese writes that all that we are is story from the moment we are born to the time we continue on our spirit journey. We are involved in the creation of the story of our time here. It is what we arrive with. It is all we leave behind. We are not the things we accumulate. We are not the things we deem important. We are story, all of us. What comes to matter then is the creation of the best story possible we can while we're here. You, me, us, together. When we can do that and we take the time to share those stories with each other, we get bigger inside, he says. We see each other. We recognize our kinship. We change the world one story at a time. A 17-year cicada emergence that comes alongside an emergence of our own as we try to figure out what it looks like to come out of a once-in-a-lifetime, hopefully, global pandemic, given the vaccinations now available, are stories that someday we will tell and will be told about us. In his first novel, on Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous. Poet Ocean Vuong tells a story of loss and struggle. To being a Vietnamese American to Hartford, Connecticut, it is a compassionate ode from a son to his mother who may or may not know how to read. One line of the book reads, you are a monster, but so am I. The book is both painful and poignant. It is a story of trauma. Teacher and therapist Resma Menikin tells the story of noticing his grandmother's hands. When I was a boy, I used to watch television with my grandmother, he writes. I would sit in the middle of the sofa and she would stretch out over two seats, resting her legs in my lap. She often felt pain in her hands and she would ask me to rub them in mine. And when I did, her fingers would relax and she'd smile. And sometimes she'd start to hum methodically and her voice would make a vibration that reminded me of a cat's purr. She wasn't a large woman, but her hands were surprisingly stout with broad fingers and thick pads below each thumb. And one day I asked her, Grandma, why are your hands like that? They ain't like the same as mine. My grandmother turned from the television and looked at me. Boy, 
she said slowly. That's from picking cotton. They've been that way since long before I was your age. I started working in the field sharecropping when I was four. Four. Reshma Menachem says he didn't understand. He had helped plant things in the garden himself a few times, but his own hands were bony and his fingers were narrow. And he held his hand next to his grandmother's and he stared at the difference between them. Mm-hmm, she said. The cotton plant has pointed burrs in it. When you reach your hand in, the burrs rip it up. When I first started picking, my hands were all torn and bloody. When I got older, they got thicker and thicker until I could reach in and pull the cotton, pull out the cotton without them bleeding. My grandmother died last year, Menachem writes. Sometimes I can still feel her warm, thick hands in mind. Reshma Menachem's book, My Grandmother's Hands, is about racialized trauma and the pathway to healing our hearts and bodies. For the last two years, since June of 2019, I have spent a good bit of time reading about trauma. It was recommended by a colleague who identifies as white as we were discussing the change and transformation that we are both watching and trying to help navigate in our UU movement, in our own lives, and in our world. Until we acknowledge and heal the trauma, she said, we are bound to keep repeating the same mistakes. There are different definitions of trauma depending on what source you find. In general, it is the response to a deeply disturbing or distressing event. And we haven't had and haven't we had one or two or several of those lately? And some among us live with these events on a systemic level all the time. It's part of your every day. Reverend Sunshine, Sunshine Jeremiah Wolf, a UU minister, says that trauma is experienced by the body, but is processed through the brain. And sometimes trauma shows up as a fuzzy brain. We don't know what day it is, or we don't remember names, or um, what we were doing going into a room, or maybe that's just all of us every day. But um, we think all day that it's Thursday when it's not Thursday, and we're more tired than usual, and it takes more energy to do everything. And that will continue to be true for a while for us. Often emotions are hard to access in the midst of a traumatic experience. We can leave our bodies. Our bodies are still present, but we aren't necessarily processing what is happening to our bodies. And perhaps we aren't able to think clearly and we don't know what we feel. Our body and our minds are not integrated in the moments with our emotions. Responses to trauma often show up as, a, as difficulty accessing the emotions or overreacting to an event that doesn't warrant a strong reaction. I've experienced a few of those myself lately. Some people are able to save feelings for later. I, I think some people call this compartmentalizing. And, and that's a body habit for, for some people. But for others, it's a trauma response. It may be hard to describe what we've been through with this pandemic and an attempted coup and a racial reckoning, 
And that's normal because there is an actual disconnect that happens in the brain with trauma. So as we connect more with our emotions about the pandemic and, and about emerging back into the world, maybe then we'll have more language to describe what we've been through. It's important to talk about it, to write about it, to tell our story of these times and to listen to the stories of others. And not just these times, but the stories of our lives. We need to, and we get to heal our trauma, our lifelong trauma, our racialized trauma, which all of us are affected by and need to heal, our trauma from this pandemic and the threats to our democracy. Menachem writes, recent studies and discoveries increasingly point out that we heal primarily in and through the body, not just through the rational brain. We can't just think our way to healing. We can all create more room and more opportunities for growth in our nervous systems if we heal our trauma. We do, this we do this primarily through what our bodies experience and do, and not through what we think or realize or cognitively figure out. Our UUA folks are recommending that we give ourselves five to 10 years to recover from this pandemic, to adjust to what has happened, to figure out new ways of being in the world. And we may think we want to just go back to normal, but there's really no going back, is there? We know too much about what's possible now. For the next three Wednesday nights, May 26th, June 2nd, and June 9th, I will be offering on Zoom some opportunities for grounding and reconnecting through our bodies. I'm calling this spiritual connection, Psyche Soma, the mind-body. It will begin at 7.30 each Wednesday, and I'll send out a special announcement with the Zoom link, link either later today or tomorrow. I hope you'll join me. Each session will be different. As Unitarian Universalists, as people who want to kindle the flame of love and justice to nurture and heal ourselves, each other, and our world. What an appropriate mission for our time. But as people of faith like that, we need to be the hearers and the holders of each other's stories and to hear and hold each other's pain and joy to recognize the celebration of the day that we were born and how things fell into place and aligned and the gorgeousness of humans and all of life in this brief span that we exist here on earth. Thomas King begins each chapter of his book with a retelling of the same creation story and this statement, the truth about stories is that stories is all we are. And he ends each chapter with some form of take this story, do with it what you will, but don't say in the years to come that you would have lived your life differently if only you had heard this story. You've heard it now. When we hear stories of injustice, what will we do with them? Stories of pain and harm, what will we do with those stories? When I say that we must heal, 
I'm talking about us as individuals and also about our community. And not just our community, UU Church of Loudoun, but our community, Loudoun County and Virginia and the United States and the globe. To heal and nurture ourselves, yes, each other, yes, and our world. All of it, each of us, we must believe people and seek to do no further harm. In our closing hymn, Just As Long As I Have Breath, there's a line that says, disappointment pierced me through. Disappointment pierced me through. Still, I kept on loving you. There's so much contained in that comma between disappointment pierced me through, comma, and still I kept on loving you. <clears throat> Kimberly Devis writes that we're, we're bound to disappoint each other at times, bound to disappoint ourselves. The truth about stories, though, is that we can name that disappointment. We can tell a story about it and call each other back into community, back into relationship. We can develop a place for reconciliation and healing and keep each other accountable and return again to love. Return again to healing and nurturing and kindling those flames of love and justice. There is no greater spiritual task, no harder spiritual practice or path than calling each other and by each other I mean our whole world to be our best selves, to be as gorgeous as we can be, and to honor the gorgeousness in others for as long as we both and all shall live on this earth. Blessed be and amen. Please join now in our closing hymn, Just As Long As I Have.